Design it, craft it, smith it, stitch it, tool it, and pick it. We do it all. This is Bespoke Lahoma. Musical intro by Allie Harder and Pigs Fly Shop out of Oklahoma City. Welcome back to another week of Bespoke Oklahoma, where we are always sponsored by Traditions Leathercraft out of Oklahoma City. This week, again, I do not have my lovely co-host, Melissa Golden. Um, she is probably going to be taking a little step back from the show for a little while. They just moved. Um, they're just having a rough time. Well, not like a bad time, but it's two toddlers and a move. It sucks. So there might be a little while where it's either me or a guest co-host. And tonight I have a guest co-host because it lines up perfectly with our actual guest tonight. Tonight from season one, I forgot what episode he was on. We have Dylan Bush of VB Leather. What's up, bro? Oh, not too much. How are you, man? It's a pleasure to be back on the show. Yeah, I, I'm exhausted. It's been a long week. <laughs> <laughs> I can totally understand. And with this cold weather that uh, suddenly hit, it's uh, I'm feeling all the old uh, bull riding injuries. Oh, yeah. So I kind of had a limp today. Uh, my neck hurts. My wrist hurts. My whole body well, hurts. On the bright side with this cold weather moving in, that just means one thing, and that's Time to start cooking some chili. Yeah, yeah. I have to cook mine with turkey, but. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> it's all right. Everybody does. It's all good. <laughs> so, r- real quick, um, we won't take up too much of our guests' time, but you have an update since we've talked to you last. You want to share it with everybody? I have an update. Yeah, that's coming in nine months. Well, oh yes, yes, I do. I've got a little one on the way, little healthy baby boy. Um, we're about eighteen weeks along. Still have a little while to go, but we couldn't be any any happier with uh, with our little baby growing. Have you picked out a name yet? Yes, we have. His name will be Jensen. Oh yes, I like that. That's cool. So, thank you. I've told I've told you already, but. I'll tell you again, congratulations. Um, Thank you very much. And this is your first. Are you scared? No, I'm, I'm more excited than anything. I've been, I've been wanting this for a long time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm very excited. It's, it's, it's going to be, I mean, it's a change obviously, but I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what the future holds. So that's awesome. It's, it's fun. And it can be scary sometimes, and it can be gross too. So yeah, I've heard some some uh, horror stories. So uh, I'm I'm assuming I'm probably going to get some gross text messages. Like, does is this supposed to happen? Right. <laughs> but you can only ask me so much because I I'm a girl dad. So <laughs> yeah, that's I don't true. know much about boys. So well, I might okay. teach you some stuff. <laughs> nope, I got snipped. No more kids for me. <laughs> Okay, let's bring our guest in for the night. So, we're changing it up a little bit. I'm pretty excited about this because I've tried to learn it throughout my life, and I fail. Well, I don't fail. I don't do it long enough to fail. (laughs) We are staying in Oklahoma City tonight, and tonight we have Mitch Cusbell of Cusbell Guitars. How's it going, Mitch? It's going great, guys. Thanks for having me on. No problem. This is I'm pretty excited for this because I I followed you for a while and your stuff looks awesome. Well, thank you very much. And I, I think at first you and I had some difficulties connecting on Instagram. Yes. Uh, I I don't know. It, I, I haven't had that issue like you weren't able to message me back and I couldn't message you. And it, it was just a big old or, ordeal. So, but here we are, here we are. So we made it. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
So I'll start off with how long have you been making guitars and what got you into it? Um, the, sh- the short answer would be about 10 years. Um, I, uh, I made one when I was a teenager, but I don't, I wouldn't really count that too much, but that did kind of spark my interest. Um, I, uh, I played guitar since I was, uh, 10 years old and, uh, was just obsessed with it from the get go. And, uh, so by the time I was a teenager, I'd been playing for a while <clears throat> and, uh, didn't have any money and parents told me I already had a guitar so why do I need more and you know I, I couldn't accept that so I mean uh, some buddies <laughs> of mine ordered some parts on uh, eBay and kind of screwed together a guitar so to speak and that kind of sparked my interest in it and uh, I really didn't get back into it until um, after I graduated college um, I went to college and majored in classical guitar got a music degree and uh I got a job teaching. I'm a high school teacher. Um, mm. I teach high school guitar. Um, but I, uh, yeah, when I, when I got out of uh, college and was teaching and kind of found, had a lot of extra cash and some spare time. And uh, just by happenstance, a cousin on, of mine uh, gave me a big pile of wood. And <laughs> I was like, you know, I think I could turn this into some guitars. So just kind of started getting after it. That's really cool. How, 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 or how did your first guitar coming back to it go building it? So the, the one I made when I was a teenager really was, I just bought pieces and put it together. So I didn't really, you know, make mm-hmm. that, but the, the first guitar that I, uh, I made, made, I thought was just the coolest thing in the world. Uh, I still have it. And, uh, I look at it now and it, it does, it makes me feel good for how far I've come. I'll just leave <laughs> leave it at that. It's a little <laughs> rough, but uh, yeah, no, not not perfect by by any stretch. I've got a follow up question. Yep. Talking about uh, as since you know you said you're a high school teacher, mm-hmm. do your students use guitars that you made? The, uh, I don't leave any of them up there at the school. I've I've actually sold all of them. I. Uh, I have like the very first ones I've made and then I've yeah. sold the rest. Um, but I, okay. I always bring them up when I have a new one and show them and let them check them out. Let them check it out. Yeah. Well, good deal. So, uh, on average, like roughly how long does it take to make one from start to finish? So it's, it usually takes me about five months. Um, I have tried and tried and tried to count the hours and I always just give up because I, I make them, you know, 10 minutes here, two hours there, 20 minutes here. Um, but to my best guess, it's between 150 and 200 hours for the acoustic guitars. Electric guitars go a little quicker than that. Oh, wow. That's yeah, it's a lot of hours. It's a lot of time. Uh, my my <laughs> high school kids think it's pretty neat that I make them. And uh, it, they ask me why I'm still teaching. And I'm like, well... Oh, when it's all said and done, right now I'm making about eight dollars an hour on them. So, oh, no. <laughs> and I don't sell them for cheap either. I mean, us they're they're you know they're pretty pricey. Um, so yeah, it's it's a tough industry to be in. Um, and you know, I I'm still just getting my feet into it. Really, um, even ten years in, I'm I'm building up. Uh, my product is getting better and better and. And I've got mm-hmm. people coming to me seeking out my instruments now, and my prices uh, my price has gone up with every instrument I've made, and so yeah, we're getting there. now around. Oh, go, go ahead, Dustin. You go, Dylan. So I noticed I kind of scrolled a little bit on your Instagram on some of the guitars I looked at. The rosettes around the sound holes were just outstanding. They were out, they were beautiful. Oh, thank you. With all the different wooden designs you do around that, yeah. Would would you say that that is the most difficult part of the process when building a guitar, or what would the most difficult process be? I don't think it's necessarily the most difficult. It, it is pretty time consuming, but um, it's it's like pretty easy for me. I feel like um, compared to some of the other things, um, one of the hardest things for me is attaching the binding and cutting the binding channels and getting a perfect fit on that stuff. Um, yeah, which is, I was going to ask you about that too. The difficulty when spacing out the frets as you're going up the neck of the guitar, is that hard to be consistent with that too? No, I mean, you, you basically, you get your template set and then 
you just make sure the template's right. And then from there on, you can, everything is just cut from a template. So it's, you know, it's going to come okay. out perfect every time uh, okay. after you've got a template. And, and some of the times I'll, uh, when I order lumber from places, uh, I will you sometimes use whole guitar, like luthier wholesalers, and I'll even have them CNC frets out for me sometimes. If yeah. I'm already buying the fretboard material from them, you know, charge five bucks and I'll have them CNC out. But if I'm doing yeah. a custom build, I'll, I've got my, my hand saw and my templates and I can do it that way too. Okay. That's, uh, I was actually looking at your, uh, the back strip you did for, you have it, you have it, uh, number zero zero nine. Uh-huh. Is that a strip of something or is that like, no, that's, that's about 2000 pieces of veneer wood. Whoa. Yeah. Did you do each single piece? Kind of. I mean, yes. Uh, what what you end up doing is you you glue together big sticks of stacked of like sandwiches of veneers, and then you slice them, turn them in different orientations, glue them together, slice them again, turn them, glue them together, slice, and just repeat that process over and over. Wow. Kind of. Oh, so so kind of like uh, how knife makers make uh, Damascus Damascus plates, kind of. I'm not familiar with that too much, but possibly. Uh, they put a whole bunch of different pieces of metal and like solder them together and then heat them up and beat them. That kind of makes sense. Grind them down and it, yeah, it makes like a, a zigzag look in the blade. They kind of, yeah, it kind of makes sense. That's probably a yeah. fairly similar idea. Yeah. And it's, it, uh, it's time consuming, but it's, yeah, it's not like you're, you're not starting with tiny little slivers of wood and placing them with tweezers. You start with, you know, strips of things, glue them and slice them into blocks and kind of, I don't know, it's kind of hard to explain. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what's your favorite to make, electric or acoustic? I, I'm really in love with acoustic guitar making. Um, I, I mostly make classical guitars, but I, um, I've i made some steel string and I plan on getting into steel strings and acoustics for my next couple of builds. Um but i might just have to be a customer yeah (laughs) i've got a guy i i visited a uh, recording studio in dallas uh with some of my Mm -hmm. high school students some years back and a guy the guy at the studio down there has been following me and he's requested a steel string from me so i'm gonna start putting that together here pretty soon well i'm looking forward to seeing that yeah yeah, I, I love steel string guitar playing, too. I just don't do too much of it anymore. I'm a, I'm a classical guy, and I got big, long nails, and steel strings just tear yeah. up my nails, so I stick to mostly classical these days. But, but yeah, I love, I love acoustic guitars. There's uh, so much more mystery and, uh, I don't know, just kind of uh, magic, I guess, in, in trying to get the sound to come out of it. How how would you describe the tones that are common in your guitars that you've built so far? Um, th- so uh, classical guitars are always you know going to be much more mellow uh, compared to your steel string, just in nature from the, the types of strings and stuff. Uh, so they, they have real mellow sound. Um, I've got a great volume out of them for a classical guitar. Really nice, clear, snappy bass response. Um, mm-hmm. My trebles are really very thick, warm, um, lots of high overtones in them though. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I listened to one of the videos. It was one of your demo videos. I don't remember if it was zero, zero eight, mm-hmm. um, but you had, you had posted a video on there and it, I, I mean, it, they sound outstanding. It, they look and sound great. I I've been really happy. Um, I, uh, being a player and a teacher and whatnot, I've gotten my hands on a lot of really really high-end world-class instruments in fact this summer i went to new york city to um in one of the biggest classical guitar conventions in the world and i spent most mm-hmm. of my time in that luthier room playing on all these instruments and i i was a little nervous or not nervous but i was a little kind of worried i'm, I'm my own worst critic and comparing myself to those guys and i actually <laughs> i actually left feeling great about my work so good yeah it was yeah, a good, awesome. good experience so if somebody were to come to you and order a custom guitar, mm-hmm. how would they go about it? Like, would, do they pick the wood, like the design, 
or do they just say, hey, I want it this color? Uh, so most most of the work that I do right now is me building something and people I kind of people are kind of watching what I build and people ask if it's spoken for. They kind of wait in line to try it out when it's done. Um, I don't do a whole lot of custom spec orders, although I am starting to get into that. Um, it's it's something I wanted to uh, have a finished product for a while. And so I know my buyers are happy with their, what they're buying before. And, you know, um, but now that I've been doing it for a while. I am starting to get into taking some orders and yeah, uh, basically right now for a, for a custom ordered classical guitar, um, wood choice, any kind of, really any kind of wood choice, if I can get my hands on it. Um, and scale length is, is a big one for the custom world. Your, your factory produced guitars almost always come in a 650 millimeter scale length, which is, um, it's an industry, industry standard, but it's really for someone who's about six, five, I mean, guessing on hand size from someone who's six, five, and it's just too big for a lot of people. So a lot of work that, uh, custom builders do is kind of more tailored to individual body size that's a big one i'm going to use that for why i was not able to learn <laughs> yeah, so i mean it, yeah it's, not... it's, <laughs> it, there's uh there's you've got these you know seven eighth size guitars and uh and whatnot kind of in between sizes uh and it, even as much as shaving off a couple of millimeters off the scale length can make a pretty pretty nice difference That's awesome. Uh, around how many have you made so far? I've made. I'm I'm finishing up my uh, ninth classical guitar. I've made a about four electric, four or five electric guitars, ukulele, um, slide guitars, um, a steel string acoustic guitar. So around twenty instruments, twenty five instruments altogether. Um, typically, turn out about two two or three a year. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Starting to get faster at it. This year I'm on track for the last 12 months. I'm on track to, to knock out about four instruments. So I'm starting to get quick. Have you done just uh, acoustics this, this, this year? I did one. I did an electric guitar this year. Um, I did a, a jazz master kind of, uh, kind of a copy jazz master, but quite a bit different than a typical Fender. A uh, pretty custom spec instrument for a buddy of mine I know from college. When you do the electrics, do you do all the uh, electronics in the back piece? Um, so on, I, I have on all my other ones. On this particular one, uh, the guy I made it for, that's what he does for a living. So I let him take that job. <laughs> he, <laughs> he actually came down when I had it finished. We kind of did it together, which was a cool, cool little change of pace. Did you have a question, Dylan? Uh, do you have any of your instruments that you've built that you would consider your least favorite? Oh yeah, I have. I have my uh, the first. This is the first acoustic guitar I ever made. It's a steel string uh, jumbo, and it is just yeah. real rough. <laughs> and uh, I have it hanging <laughs> on the wall back in my office, and it's a uh, it's a source of inspiration for me to get better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's you know, what you said about being your own worst critic is true though. So I'm sure if I was to pick it up and play it, I wouldn't notice a thing. Oh, uh, you probably would notice. This one's pretty rough. It's like <laughs> I've I've sold all the other ones, and my first classical I made, I gave away to one of my students when they graduated high school. And uh, oh, that's nice. They were they were not perfect, but they were decent instruments. My first one, however, was very rough. It uh, yeah, I'm surprised it kept going, honestly. And then on the other hand of that, what would you consider your most favorite out of every instrument you've built? Which one was, is your number one every time you think of that? Um, I think my favorite playing and sounding one I've, I've made so far was uh, my classical guitar number six. Um, I'd made that one about two years ago and uh, I sold it. I, ha I actually held on to it for a while before I sold it. I sold it just about a year ago year and a half ago no really yeah it was a great sounding instrument i would have a hard time if i was to pick up uh 
you know, building guitars. If I had one that I just love the way it sounded, I don't know that I could let it go. Yeah, it it is. I mean, you know, I, I, I kind of was <laughs> remember joking with that actual with that customer about it. This guitar has my sweat, my blood and my tears literally <laughs> inside of it. Um, <laughs> quite literally. And uh, yeah, it's hard, you know, 200 hours. It's a half of a year of my work almost every day, a little bit of work every day. Uh, yeah, it's hard, yeah. hard to let them know. I also noticed on your Instagram that you also make wooden capos, wooden guitar picks, um, yeah. amongst many other things. Yeah. I, uh, back in, in 2020, in the great COVID lockdowns, I uh, decided to, to start up a Etsy shop and, yeah. and sell, sell those capos. Um, I, uh, I had bought one of that style there. So they're called Sahias and mm-hmm. they are a traditional Spanish capo from the seven, early 1700s. The, the design okay. is, and you know, it's like the original capo, um, but they're really neat and they're beautiful. The, the modern capo is just kind of ugly in my opinion. And yeah. it's just a nice touch on an instrument. Um, what is the tone any different when using those? In yeah, mainly just due to adjustable pressure. So you can you can get okay. like your your modern looking metal capos um, with adjustable pressure, and that that's the big the big game changer. Is a lot of people have the old ten dollar Kaiser capo, which that's like, exactly what I have, which is like a chip clip <laughs> spring clamp kind of thing, and um, those things in general squeeze way too hard. They're a uh, yeah. they're like a one size fits all type solution, and you get yourself an adjustable pressure rough. capo. Yeah, that's where it's at. So for the people that may not know, what is a capo and what does it do? So um, the capo came about for guitarists to transpose or change the key of what they're playing, mostly due to singers that they're playing with, because you may write a song in a certain key, but it just doesn't work for a singer's register. And a, and a capo is a way for us to... Um, to change the key we're playing on without having to relearn anything. Um, in fact, it's pretty g- ingenious and a lot of other, I mean, I, I don't know if it's equivalent for any other instrument. Um, it's a, an amazing tool for guitarists to be able to transpose. So basically you put it on and it puts pressure on the strings. So what it, what it, yeah, what it does is it, uh, it's as if you have changed the tuning of your guitar. Um, so you, depending on what fret you put the capo on, it's like you've tuned your guitar up tighter that much instantly without having to do any actual tuning. Gotcha. Okay. But yeah. And, oh, uh, what, what kind of woods are you using for your guitars and your capos? Oh man. I mean, all kinds of stuff. Um, guitars, you can use anything on the planet for an electric guitar, as long as it's stable, um, you know, it's been dried well enough and it's got enough of a structure to it to stay together. Really. Um, acoustic guitars, there's some quite a few rules and, and woods limited to the, uh, the top woods that, you know, do all the work in creating the sound. So for those, you're typically going to use, um, spruce or cedar. Um, there's some other like redwood and some other woods out there. Um, that kind of work and our people are kind of having to look into because we're really exhausting supplies of that kind of stuff. Um, those, those trees don't like to get as big as you need them to get to make a guitar out of them. So people are starting to have to look into other options, but, um, so for back and sides of an acoustic guitar, I've used walnut and maple and rosewood and all kinds of, all kinds of things really. Do you use the same types of wood uh, for the supports that go inside the body of the guitars? That, yes, that I try to be extremely consistent with. It's it's just about the most control you do have over um, the tone of your instrument. So I almost always use an Engelmann spruce for that, um, regardless of what kind of wood the rest of the guitar is made out of. And for those supports that are in the body, did you come up with the layout or is that like a generic thing amongst the industry? So um, that's like the secret sauce um, for guitar makers. And so everyone, 
there are like your your traditional school spanish schools of guitar making the madrid school and barcelona school and a german school and stuff like that that have these typical bracing patterns and um i have i've i kind of started by just copying those and then uh then you just start modifying and changing things um to to try to search for the sound you're after and uh it so mine's mine's loosely the one my last five or six guitars i made have been loosely based off of a ramirez school bracing but changed quite a number of things from that in the process i've never I've never really considered that the bracing would have an effect on the overall sound. Oh yeah. It's, it's massive. Um, it's so the, the way the guitar making is kind of crazy because it's, it's a craft. You have to have craftsman skills to, to make them. It's the artistic side Mm -hmm. of it. You know, the, the, uh, aesthetic look of things, but also there's a lot of physics that go into it. Um, so the the name of the game is is density versus strength so you want really lightweight materials that have a lot of strength to them so that they can withstand the pressure of the strings but they're not bogged down by their own mass to produce the sound and so the the bracing you get a really thin piece of wood that's supported by skeletal you know structure to yeah to kind of and it shapes the shapes the the nodes of the vibrations and whatnot yeah, I've never, so, I've never uh, really oh. taken any of that into thought. Yeah, it's, it's uh, not something I think I really ever thought about either until I started making them. And, <laughs> and it, yeah, it's pretty, that is news to me. It's pretty wild. It's, it's impossible to make the same guitar twice. I mean, it really is. Yeah. And when I, when people tell me, you know, about looking for guitars and they'll order a, a model online because they played one that their friend had, and you can't do that with an acoustic guitar. Uh, you, what, what you do is you go to, you know, guitar center and ask them to bring out six of them and you, you'll find one that sounds better. Really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What did you have? Dustin? I wish I'd known that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so it's just side, um, one of the pictures you've posted where the back is off and there's all the little wooden pieces in it and everything. Uh-huh. Glue down or the like cat nails or how do you are you talking about like the pieces around the perimeter? The perimeter, and I'm assuming they're all supports, yeah. So, yeah, that's all that's all glued. Um, the the little tiny ones around the perimeter, I use hot hide glue, um, which is you know animal protein glue that you have to heat up to. 140 degrees and it it makes not instant but a near instant bond so you press it on and hold it for about five seconds and it's pretty much at a 50 percent strength right away before it even dries wow it's tough it's it's a lot though because there's about you know 200 of those pieces you have to hold for 10 seconds each so it takes a minute (laughs) yeah i mean just just after everything you've said and looking at the picture of all the it, all those little bit pieces, I, I can tell why it, you know, it would take so long to make one. <laughs> yeah, you know, it definitely does. It's worth it, though. I am one of the reasons I, I'm wanting to stick in classicals and like it so much is that uh, it's really difficult to make a classical guitar sound good. And, and most people that have played on nylon guitar have not played a nice one. Um, and when they pick up a handmade one, they just, they're like, Oh, this is not what I thought it was. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the strings have such little tension in them that you have to get dangerously thin with all your materials to make it sound good. And, and manufacturers just aren't really willing to do that. Uh, cause they just, you know, they're all about consistency and reliability and serviceability. And so they'll, they'll overbuild it and it, it'll sound much worse. Now, I've seen or I saw the where you have your guitar being built in. Well, I would call it a mold. Yeah, yeah, it's a mold. Um, how do you get the the like the sides to uh, curve like they do? Is are you do you wet them down and push them in there, or how do, how does that? Happen? Yeah, you have to, you have to bend them on a hot iron. Um, 
Mm-hmm. And I, so what I use for bending is the, the traditional ways uh, is to wet them and put them on a hot pipe um, about between 200 and 300 degrees. Um, and then you just, you bend them little by little and then check them in your mold um, until they fit right dry with no spring back in them. Um, and what I, and I have done that on one or two of mine. Um, what I've got now is I use electric silicone blankets and a mold that's the uh, counterpart uh, negative space of the mold you're talking about that I can lay those blankets on top of and clamp the body down to while it's wet and steam it into that shape against another mold. So an electric silicone blanket, is that something that, is that like the heating aspect? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like heat controlled so I can dial in different temperatures at different times and whatnot. Okay. And yeah, once once it's steamed into position, you leave it and let it air kind of dry. Uh, it'll it'll hold shape. I mean, pretty close to what you need the final product to be. So it, it kind of you don't want to glue something into place that has a lot of spring back on it. Yeah, that is really cool. Yeah, that's that was the most daunting part of uh, acoustic guitar building to me when I started. Uh, I didn't someone had recommended I try one and I, you know, I just told them, I don't think, I don't think I can do that, <laughs> but uh, curiosity <laughs> got the better of me. So do you, do you just have the one mold or do you have different molds for I've, different sizes? Yeah, I've got a couple of different ones. So I, for my classicals, the last five or six, I've made all from the same mold. Um, but I have a, I have a second one that I used early on. And then I have, a, I have a mold for a steel string shape and pretty much, I mean, every every different model you make, you're going to have to have a different mold for it. Gotcha. Could, could you tell us the difference between classical and steel string? Yeah. I mean, in, it really comes down to the strings and the, and the style of music you play. So the, uh, the steel strings, they came out with steel strings as, as far back as the 1800s, mid-1800s. And... Uh, Back then, classical guitars were made out of gut, like, you know, animal gut strings. And oh. um, the classical guitar is like your original guitar, dating back to the 1500s in Spain. And uh, over time, that developed the steel string guitar, as far as I know, came about in America in the mid-1800s. Um, and the steel strings have a lot more tension in them. They're a lot brighter. Um, a lot punchier sounding. Um, they tend to have a little more sustain in them. Um, your 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 nylon classical strings are much more mellow. They're more responsive to vibrato, um, but they're a lot softer and quieter though. So it takes a lot more work to coax your your build into producing a loud sound. Um, and the I mean differences for playing classical traditional playing finger style with nails. So the nails kind of make up for the warmer sound and you kind of bring a little brightness back by having fingernails when you play. Um, and then your, your spacing is farther apart on the nylon strings to accommodate fitting your fingers in and playing more complicated finger picking. Your steel strings a little more narrow, um, a little better for flat picking, a little easier for, for hand um, placement of, in the left hand too. Gotcha. Uh, when a lot of people that don't know about classical guitar, it's kind of a, I don't know, it's a little lesser known, I guess, but I always tell people to think about Willie Nelson's trigger guitar. That's a classical. Mm -hmm. That's a classical. And if you think about his tone when he's playing, that's, I mean, that's the sound of a classical guitar. Okay. So a classical would have kind of the same shape but the strings are nylon. Yeah, the shapes are a little different of the body. The classicals are a little smaller than most steel strings, but there are steel strings that have the same shape as a classical too. Gotcha, okay. That's one thing I will say anytime, like I, I won't, I've never gone out of my way to listen to classical music, but if I've ever been around somebody who is playing classical music, especially if they're playing really well, mm-hmm. it's, like, I, it's like I'm almost entranced just listening to it because of how like beautiful it sounds. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool stuff. I, uh, I played, I actually, so I, I grew up playing electric guitar and, and acoustic steel string guitar. And, 
when I went to college, I decided to be a music major and I was given the option of majoring in jazz or classical guitar and I did not like jazz. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I chose classical. I just fell in love with it. And I've hardly played anything since then. Just yeah. classical. Is there an instrument that you haven't made yet, but eventually that you want to hopefully get into making oh, at least just one? Yes, so many. Uh, one that I've been thinking about a lot right now is an electric bass. Um, I really would like to make one. I Electric basses, to me, tend to get a little like more abstract with their, their body designs and stuff than electric guitars do. And I see so many cool designs out there, and uh, I'd really like to check that out. Um, but my next project, uh, after I wrap up the current guitar I'm working on, I'm going to build a batch of three ukuleles. Um, so I'm kind of excited about that, too. That'll be fun. Yeah. Are, is a 12-string guitar in your sights? Yeah. Um, so I teach at a, a school in Oklahoma City that has a really large Hispanic population, and they're all about their 12-strings. And, um, they've been, my, those kids have been bugging me about that. So yeah, I really do. Need to, I do need to do that eventually. So, uh, oh, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's been a long ago. <laughs> it happens. It's all good. Go ahead, Dylan. Ask your questions. Um, well, let me, let me think of one here. You put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, do you plan on doing this full time or are, are you just staying a teacher and doing this, keeping it kind of as a paying hobby or do you yeah. want to do it full time eventually? I, I would love it um, if it was full time for me. Um, I'm not trying to push it too hard right now. Um, it's, it's a really difficult industry in instrument making. Um, it's you really got, I mean, I could probably, if I was doing it full time, most guys turn out at most about 10 or 12 guitars a year that are full time. Um, hmm. They're single builders. And, you know, if that's your only income, you're, you're going to have to sell them for seven, eight, $9,000 a piece um, yeah. to, to, you know, and that, you know, for your profit to be high enough to make that a full-time income. And um, that's tough to do. You know, not, not that many people out there buying $9,000 guitars. Right. right. If you're comfortable with sharing, how, how much do your guitars usually run? Uh, so I've sold the last three of them for $1,600. Um, this one I'm finishing up, I've sold for $2,000. Um, so in that range. And the my short term goal in the next five years is to get my uh where i'm happy enough with it to be selling them for five thousand mitch i've got a question for you yeah. too so when it comes to making the steel string acoustics are you planning at all to do any acoustic electrics or will they all just be standard steel string acoustics it's a super simple fit a uh, retrofit to make a, a like your standard acoustic into an acoustic electric i've done that on a dozen guitars already uh, that, that okay. i didn't make but you know um so i probably would just make them all non-electric unless otherwise yeah. requested but it's very easy to go back and change okay so you could take an already made acoustic and make it the acoustic electric. Yeah. Yeah. There's some incredibly non-invasive ways to do it and some more invasive ways to do it. But um, like I've put a, what's called a piezo pickup on the inside of, I've done a bunch of guitars. And for that, you just screw a hole at the, uh, the strap button location at the end of the guitar. And that's the only mm -hmm. hole you put in. And I mean, technically there's already a hole there. So you're not really, um, you're just making it bigger, so you're not really changing much. Just expanding upon it, and then the components on the inside are just glued on the bottom side of the bridge, and they can be taken off too if you know someone decided they didn't like that in there. So, okay. Hmm. The the a lot of people when I mean for and that's that's the least invasive. A lot of them that have the actual controls on the on the upper bout by the player, you'd have to you know cut a cut a chunk out of the wood on that, and that 
that can be done to a guitar that's already made, but it is better if it's planned. Okay. Oh, I had another brain fart. Sorry. Um. Yeah, I'm right there with you guys. It's been a, it's been a long one. I got a three year old daughter, and every night when I put her to bed, it about puts me to bed too. <laughs> so that's what I've got to look forward. To. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, do you uh, make them out of your house, or do you have a little shop? Yeah, I, I work out of my garage. I've got a two car garage. That's my shop. And the uh, the cars have to live in the driveway. <laughs> so uh, the week before last, we had Owen Clark on, and he's a leather worker here in Oklahoma, and he works out of his garage. Uh-huh. And he had absolutely no way to stay cool during the summer. Yeah. In his garage, do you have maybe a, a hack that could help him out, or, or are you kind of in the same boat? Um, not probably not much better than him. So they make insulation that just hangs on the the garage door baffle or like the slats or whatever Mm -hmm. um and that that does a lot and then i also have a uh an air conditioner that does um 800 cubic feet or some i think it's about 500 to 800 cubic feet that i that i'll run with an exhaust hose out side door um and uh, i've got like a doggy door so i didn't have to like cut a hole in my my side door so i was running the uh the water out the back there and it works pretty well but yeah no it's miserable i mean when it gets up to 110 degrees it, that just all yeah i'll just stay inside for a while <laughs> <laughs> yeah i uh i was telling people the other day that i would rather much have 32 degrees than 102 degrees oh yeah i i love Mm -hmm. i love the winter time working it's not a problem at all those little space heaters all you need Mm -hmm. but yeah no i do plan i mean if i ever move out of this house i will uh either build one at the new location or find one that's got a shop outside um that's a that's a must for me and uh but yeah i i mean i plan on doing this i'm not gonna stop and I would love for it to turn into a full-time gig, but in in all reality, it'll probably be kind of a side gig kind of thing until retirement or something like that kind of a thing, but I'm just fine with that. Yeah. Well, what kind of advice would you give somebody that's wanting to try building a guitar? That's a good question. Um I would say learn some patience. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I have consistently found that uh, as a when I first started, I was so excited about doing it that I just was so excited to move on to the next step that I would just kind of rush through things. And now that I've done it enough times, I'm able to kind of sit back, make sure I'm doing it right, make sure I'm doing it to the best of my ability, and. Uh, I, I uh, am taking more time on every step and they're turning out better and better every time. That's awesome. Would you have any uh, thoughts on somebody that's trying to learn to do, uh, to play guitar? Oh, sure. For playing guitar. Uh, yeah. That's, yeah. that's, uh, that's what I do. You know, that's my nine to five. Um, pay, <laughs> patience for that also. Seriously. I think the the biggest thing I see, I teach high school kids and uh, I've been doing it for 10 years at the high school and I have about 200 kids every year. Um, so that's, you know, 2000 beginners that I've taught uh, more or less over the years. Wow. And uh, they, uh, they walk in with the expectation that they're going to learn how to play a song after 10 minutes of, of, you know, being told what to do and, half of them just give up when they realize, Oh, I'm going to have to do this for a year before I really see um, a a product come out of it, or at least, at least the same product that they've envisioned coming into it. It'll probably take them a year Mm. um, before they get the the finger dexterity and the uh, understanding of just the mental aspects of music too. So yeah, if you can go into it knowing how long it's going to take and just being consistent with it that, I mean, 
I am fully confident that I could teach anybody to play well as long as they have the patience to keep up. That could not have been worded any better. That's awesome. Yep. Yep. I've seen I need to work on my patience. Yes, it's it's the, <laughs> it's the secret. I've seen so many so many students that uh just started seeming so awkward and clumsy with it versus you know, and then but they just stick with it and they turn out amazing and I've seen so many kids that walk into it with some pretty good skills, but they just won't ever work on it and they just never go anywhere. Hmm. Now, is it just, uh, is it actual, like the class you teach at the high school? Is it like, is it band class or is it like specifically, uh, it's, it's like, classical. Come guitar. learn this. It's classical guitar. So I have 30 kids at a time, six hours or 30 to 35 at a time, six hours a day. Um, they, we learn, we learn on classical guitars. We learn, you know, all kinds of styles of music. Um, and, uh, they learn to read sheet music and chord charts and tablature and they play, uh, songs by themselves. They play in groups together and stuff. So it's pretty neat. Uh, all of Oklahoma city high schools have it right now. Hmm. That is really cool. I, did, I don't know that my high school had it. Well, my high school probably did have it. I was just too there's uh, they probably didn't if you if you went to high school in oklahoma there's oklahoma city has it and uh i think there's like one in enid and a school mm-hmm. in Tulsa, and that's it oh well then yeah i was in more schools so they didn't have it no no <laughs> no yeah it's a pretty neat thing and uh it's a great it's a great thing for schools to pick up in all honesty it's it's a it's a cheaper music program than a band or orchestra. The instruments are a lot more affordable and the student interest is quite a bit higher in general. So it's a smart move. That's really awesome. I'm, I'm glad to see that there's still kids, you know, trying to learn it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, it's kind of funny. Like, so for these kids that are kind of high school aged right now, they're uh, the music that, their parents listen to is is it's ever getting ever closer to what I grew up <laughs> listening to. Uh, <laughs> but it's funny. So like their dad rock is now kind of like the stuff that I grew up listening to, which is pretty funny to me. Uh, but they but it's like they're into it. Like they they really into it. A lot of that nineties stuff. So while you're out in your garage working on these guitars, what are you listening to? Um you know I don't listen to a whole lot because I'm making a whole lot of noise. Um, and I don't like to have headphones in. Um, mm. I'll wear ear protection uh, when I'm running power tools and stuff. So, but I do, I, the music I like to listen to, I like kind of like indie, really mellow indie, um, folk rock kind of stuff. Um, I listen to a lot of classical music. Um, I'm, I'm really kind of big into instrumental, just kind of, kind of jammy not well maybe not jammy is the best way to say that but just kind of chill instrumental music um yeah it's kind of easy going stuff after i hear you know 200 guitars all day every day i there's there's a little bit of like ear fatigue that goes on so i want something nice and relaxing when i come home (laughs) yeah i guess that makes sense yep yep most of my drive homes are in silence. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Dylan, did you have any more questions? Um, nothing I can think of. Okay. So Mitch, where can people find you? Uh, the easiest way to, to get a hold of me is on Instagram at Cusbell Guitars. Um, I have an Etsy shop also where I sell my, my capos, but, uh, yeah, just look me up on, on Facebook or Instagram at Cusbell Guitars and you can get a hold of me that way. Do you, do you have your, uh, wooden picks on your Etsy? Yes. I've got wooden picks and bone picks. I filed down. I might pick one of those up just to have one because I was looking at them and they look pretty cool. Yeah, they are. Um, they're, they're like thicker, obviously like you can't go like paper thin with a piece of wood or bone um Mm. but they're they're really awesome for like jazz players bluegrass players all really love having these like really heavy thick picks they get a really cool tone out of them 
I would love to try one of those wooden picks because I kind of played around a little bit with some leather and I, I made a guitar pick out of leather <laughs> and I coated it so many times with uh resiline, which is an acrylic <laughs> finish. And it, I mean, it sounded great, but it, it wore down and loosened up really quick. So I'd, yeah. I'd really be interested in trying one of those wooden picks. They're really cool. I like them. Uh, a friend, I gave one when I first started making them, I gave one to a friend of mine and uh, he, he like almost exclusively uses it for recording. Uh, it just gives him wow. this really nice, clean tone that he's loved. And so he's always just kept that, which I thought was really neat. Yeah. Well, Mitch, before we say our goodbyes, um, every episode, well, almost every episode, I do a bad dad joke. I don't even remember <laughs> how it started. Like, we're 80 episodes in. And I don't remember how it started. So I'm going to give our uh, bad dad joke and then we'll close it out with goodbyes. And here we go. So my wife complains a lot that I don't smile anymore, but she was the one that wanted a serious relationship. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. I've done better. (laughs) are you sure (laughs) yeah all right mitch thank you for coming on it was awesome um look forward to seeing more of your guitars um dylan thank you for coming on and being a guest host absolutely thanks for having me mitch it's been great talking to you dustin it's been a pleasure being back on the show yeah thank you guys i really appreciate it really enjoyed it no problem and we will catch y'all next week bye Goodbye. I said it once, say it again. How many times I told you? I know this stuff because I'm from the great state of Oklahoma.